with Transparent Truth proudly presents the Friday Morning Matchup Show with Coach and Greg Biggins. Ha <laughs> ha! Welcome, welcome. You now listen to the Friday Matchup Show. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building, CBS Studios, live in America Mile. I'm with my man, Greg Biggins. He's a goat. Biggins is a goat. GB, what it do? Keith, we got playoff football. Playoff? I don't want to waste any time. Man, let's, let's go, go in. Let's go. So we're talking Division Five football, GB. Let's get it going. Okay, how about some, we got some scores that we're not going to read. If you want to read them, read them yourself. CFSS.org. But here's the matchups for this week. We had all the top seeds, for the most part, won in this division. We have Paraclete taking on St. Joseph. We have Paloma Valley taking on Ukaipa, Lawndale, Moore Park. That one kind of interesting. That one's kind of the most intriguing one for me. And then we had we did have a little bit of an upset. We had Chaparral. Chaparral with their young quarterback and their big offensive lineman, Trillian Harrison Company. Justin Dedich, Stephen Jones, my guy, Coach Raymer, they put is the, taking on yeah a Paramount team that rolled. They have a couple guys who have gotten a lot better the last couple years with Michael Fletcher coaching them. The Fighting Fletchers. The Fighting Fletchers. So Paramount and Chaparral, I, this Lawndale-Moore Park game, because Moore Park, this is a, a good battle-tested team. I think they had either 8-2, and 9-1, and one. really good team. Lawndale is a team that we kind of had in our final. Wilmore, the quarterback who you love, Came up pretty big last week for Lawndale. Young, talented team. I think that might be the game of the bracket this week. Paloma Valley blew out San Jacinto last week, 49-8. They're taking on a Ukaipa team that I think only has the one loss, which was to Cajon. So that's another intriguing quarterfinal game. And then Paraclete is just too good. Brevin White had a monster season. I still feel really good about about Perry Clayton getting that final, but I mean, I think last week we kind of mentioned Perry Clayton, Paloma Valley. That would be a heck of a semifinal. I think right now they're on track to do that. Other side, I think Mar Park's going to be a tough game for Lawndale. And then Chaparral, Paramount. If Paramount's not ready to play up front, Chaparral's got some men among men on that offensive line. So... That's D5. Anything that jumps out for you? Yeah, it does. Uh, Chaparral, you better look out for them. The young lefty quarterback is dynamic. He's got some pretty good receivers on the outside in the slot that are quick, that can catch the football. Paramount and the fighting Michael Fletchers. They've got athletes. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Contrasting styles, I believe. A big physical group versus kind of a speedy, undersized group. You better look out for the Gibson twins. They make plays on both sides of the ball. Two of my former players. Moving along, you got the Lawndale game. Jordan will score. You can mark it down. He's going to get in that end zone. But Moore Park, they've got a good team. They play physical. They play discipline. Lawndale is going to have to be able to use their speed and athleticism on the outside, threaten the perimeter, and feed Will, will Moore the rock so we can get it popping. And then Paraclete, we talked about them. We know Brevin White is a legit Division One quarterback. He's committed to an Ivy League school. He's got targets and Hunt, Stovall. They got a sweet young running back, uh, Amir Bankhead, who's, you know, he gets freaky with the peel week in and week out. So that's going to be interesting. I like Paraclete. I like Paloma Valley. I like Londale. And I like Chaparral to move on. Let's go to D4. D4? Let's go to D4. 
Um, so we have Capo Valley. Capo Valley. It's kind of an underrated number one seed. I don't think many people know too much about them. Orange County team, but they rolled over Carter 35-6. to They will take on Damien, who beat up on Paso Robles. We have Downey and Corona Del Mar. Should be a pretty good quarterfinal match right there. We have Glendora on the bottom half of the bracket. We have Glendora and Miura Mesa got by Colony. That was big. Jeff Miller, oh, yeah. quarterback from Miura Mesa, getting it done. They put up 51 points on Michael Ezekiel in the Colony squad. And then we had San Juan Hills just got by Redondo Union. They'll take on a Cajon squad that put up 48 points against Palm Springs. So San Juan Hills and Cajon, Glendora, Mura de Mesa, Downey, Corona del Mar, and Capo Valley and Damien. You got a matchup in that bracket that kind of intrigues you a little bit. I do. Cajon, San Juan Hills. Again, a contrast in styles. San Juan Hills, big physical team. Cajon, a lot of speedy athletes. You know about the big wide receiver, Darren Jones, Jaden Daniel tossing the pill. Look out for Omar Perkins. He's kind of a slot receiver, defensive back. They've got an interesting group of players at Cajon. It's going to be an interesting game. I think Cajon comes out on top. Um, but it should be interesting. Marietta Mesa, big 6'6 quarterback, Jeff Miller versus Glendora. Should be interesting. Tay Lee, CDM. Capo Valley, man. They were in the championship last year. Look out for them. Moving right along. Let's go to D3. Let's go to D3. So D3. We got Charter Oak <laughs> Westlake. Charter Oak is the top seed. We got Hart Rancho Verde. We got Long Polk El Toro. And then we got St. Francis, St. Francis Citrus Hill. Anything jump out to you there? Yeah, so uh first off, um, Charter Oak was undefeated all year. Westlake, very, very battle-tested. They played a great schedule. I mean, they they played several top teams. They played, what, Calabasas. They played Oaks. They played some really good teams. Yeah. Charter Oak, again, undefeated, but didn't play the schedule quite as tough as Westlake. So that's going to be a tougher game than I think people might think for Charter Oak. Hart, that was considered a pretty huge upset. I mean, Sierra Canyon yeah. uh, was the four seed. They had beaten Calabasas. Only other loss during the year was that opening game to Westlake. They were rolling pretty well. They got upset by a Hart team. J.T. Shrout, really good-looking quarterback, going to Cal. Mentioned earlier in the Wednesday show, McMullen with the eight sacks last game. They're taking on Rancho Verde. They beat Oak Hills 28-6. Rancho Verde's pretty good. Jeff Steinberg does a great job over there coaching them up. Manny Allen. Transferred over to Rancho Verde. He's one of their top receivers, so that game should be very interesting. Lompoc in the fighting Toa Taos. Toa Taos. Taking on El Toro. El Toro won a shootout, and that was an upset over Villa, Villa Park, 50-45. Yeah. And then the bottom half, I, St. Francis only has one loss all year to Cathedral. They were 9-1. and one. They're taking on a Citrus Hill team that's the number 2 seed. That, to me, right there is going to be... A really good game, yeah. St. Francis and, and Citrus Hill. So, I think this bracket could potentially bust wide open if a couple upsets happen, which is very possible. Sean Dorso over there at Citrus Hill. That's my guy. Sean yeah. Dorso, uh, Darius Parentes. I see a nice yep. little matchup: yeah. DB versus quarterback. Lompoc. We know about Tuatau. They got a terrific program. I like to Lompoc to move on. I like St. Francis with an upset over Citrus Hill. I like Hart. Uh, 
to take down Rancho Verde, and I also like Westlake over Charter Oak in an upset. Be looking out for that. Let's move along. So I think you picked the upset every game. I like that. Oh, yeah, man. Go on to the lamp. This is Coach Key. This is what I do. Hey, so Division Two for me is so stinking competitive and, and loaded. Every yeah. one of these games could be a final matchup. So Upland is taking on Cathedral. Edison taking on Oaks Christian. The bottom half has Valencia against Norco. And then Calabasas against Heritage. Before we get to this Division Two group, GB, I want to remind the people about our Sleeper of the Week. Okay, do it. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, we're back, and we're talking Division II football. Upland Cathedral, Greg, you talked about you may be at this game. I may join you. Where's this game being played? It's at Upland, I at believe. At Upland. Man, what a great matchup. Two super quarterbacks, one junior, one, one sophomore. Hmm. Great athletes on both sides. Really good coaching. I'm going to take Upland. I think they have just a little bit more in the tank than Cathedral does. But, man, it's hard for me to go against Bryce Young. The guy's dynamic. But I think this is David Baldwin's year. I think the big lefty comes in. He runs it. He throws it. They got Bryce out there at receiver. We know about Taj Davis. He's big time, a vertical threat. They got three sick running backs led by Cal Jones. Uh, Jaden Deadman on the defensive side of the ball. They got a loaded group. So I'm taking Upland. You got Edison, Oaks, Christian. I like Oaks, Thibodeau, Charbonnet. They got a lot of star power over there. I'm taking Oaks over Edison. You got Valencia, Narco. Oh, such a great game. Travis Dye has been unstoppable the last three to four weeks. Valencia, they got a team full of really good ball players. They got a Miller kid on the offensive line. Because of the last name, I love him, but he's a big time <laughs> player. Uh, he gets after people on that O-line. We know about Wilson. We know about Wright. Uh, the quarterback, he can throw it. It's going to be interesting. Can they somehow contain Travis Dye? It's going to be interesting to find out. I'm going to take Valencia in this one. I think they have a little too much talent, too many players. I like it in a high-scoring affair, though. I like Valencia. Uh, Calabasas Heritage, Greg. Really good matchup. We know Heritage can play. They've got playmakers. They run the ball really, really well. I'm taking Calabasas in this one. I think Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman are going to be the difference makers. I think Nico Hall on defense is a difference maker in the secondary. Jaden Casey, as long as he protects the ball, I like Calabasas to take it to the semifinals. Speaking of Calabasas, Nahe Sulonga. I didn't mention him earlier. He got an offer from Arizona this week. got a big week, offer, that's right. But I feel like Calabasas defensively is really stepping up and has been physical yeah. all year long. So that's going to set up a Valencia-Calabasas rematch in the semis. Yeah, and speaking of rematches, way, think, yeah. if you remember correctly, 
Edison has already lost once to Oaks Christian. Oaks Christian beat Edison earlier in the year. So this is a rematch game right now. We'll see if Edison makes any adjustments. Mm, interesting. Does Oaks Christian continue to roll? Tough to team. Tough to beat a team twice, Greg. It, it is, unless you're you know that much better than they are. Yeah. But I think I like I like Upland. I like Oaks. I like Valencia. I like Calabasas. I think I picked the same ones you did too. Yeah. But it should all of them should be really highly competitive. Highly contested. How about Division One? How about we have a team? But you know, before we get to D one, let's let's mix in a, a quick little L A City love. L A City section. How about Carson lost to Banning? What this past week, and they didn't just lose; they lost big. They just blew out Banning. Greg, is that unbelievable? Wait, wait, wait! What was the I'm score the in the Banning. regular season? I will look that up as we speak okay, here. Okay, the score in the regular season, Carson blew out Banning. I think it was like 30 to nothing. Okay? It was a mismatch. Carson's got a bunch of Banning's former players playing at Carson. And they just blew him out a week or two earlier. And you mean to tell me Banning came and blew Carson out this week in the playoffs? What is going on in the L.A. City section? It's a wild affair. It's unpredictable. I feel bamboozled by the Carson High football team. Led astray. You know what? I read the stats wrong. Carson beat Banning. Oh, my God. <laughs> Carson I'm about to have is an over here. I thought someone had texted me the same little stat. So Carson is playing Venice. So that means Narbonne. Who's Narbonne playing this week? I got to look up Narbonne real quick. Narbonne had a big blowout win last week. The Gauchos are taking on this week. San Pedro. Okay. This whole LA thing is I'm I screwed the whole thing up. So Narbonne is gonna be playing San Pedro in one semifinal. Okay. Crenshaw. Let's see who Crenshaw's playing. I know Crenshaw won. Crenshaw is playing a team called yeah, says it's showing Crenshaw is playing Banning this week. That's why I thought because I thought Banning had played Carson. So Crenshaw beat LA fifty-four to nothing. They're playing Banning this week. So who did Banning beat last week? Last week Banning. This is weird. Yeah. So okay. So Banning lost. Carson beat Banning 55-7 to in the last regular season game. Right. Okay. So when I looked up and saw Banning playing Crenshaw, yeah. I looked up to see who they last played, and it was Carson. I got you. But there was a week in I didn't notice there was a week in between there. Okay. So, Honest mistake. So, who's, so, so we're not at the semifinals just yet then. Or we are at the semifinals. So Carson is playing, uh, Carson is playing Venice. Chad? I like that. Ocho Cinco, the son of Ocho Cinco Johnson, picking yeah. up a couple offers. Carson loaded with athletes. That should be a good game. It should be a good game. I'm going to take Carson in that. I'm going to take Carson, too. I'm going to take Narbonne, and I'm going to still lean toward Narbonne to win every game by 40. <laughs> yeah, well, that sums up the city section that for says, us. That sums it up. Appreciate your city section for uh, taking a Nar- ride with us. Yeah, I don't want Narbonne to feel like we're snubbing them, because they're but they're just so much better. They're so good. Now let's talk to you one. 
We're talking about a team by the name of the Modern Day Monarchs. And they are playing a rival of sorts. The Long Beach Poly Jackrabbits. I put out a tweet, Greg, after both games were won last week by these two teams. I said, it's about to go down. And I feel like that. I feel like Long Beach Poly players are going to step up and play big. I feel like Modern Day is going to come in and do what they do. I think this game hinges on one person and one person only, Greg. One person only? That's a lot of pressure for one person. Yeah, I don't know if it's pressure, Greg. Pressure, pressure is if you have not prepared. That would, that would, this would be the one time where one person defined a whole game in the history no, of football. No, not defined the whole game, but I think it hinges on one on one person. If, if, if the quarterback from Long Beach Poly, Matt Corral, if he can play up to his billing, if he can protect the football and be the dynamic playmaker that we know he can be at times, I think Polly has a good shot in going in there and putting forth a great effort and maybe, just maybe, taking this game deep into the fourth quarter Okay, and putting modern day on upset alert. Okay. Look out for Long Beach Polly Jack Rabbins, quarterback Matt Corral, with his plethora of wide receivers and athletes on offense and defense to threaten modern day's undefeated season and number one national ranking. My advice to Matt Corral is this. Let the game come to you. Play the way you did last week against Jay Sarah. Escape pressure, but don't force the ball down the field if it's not there. Amen. You are a good athlete. You can run. You always want any OC will take second and two. If you run for eight yards, they'll take that every day. OCs love second and two. Yeah. Second and three. No doubt. Do not force the ball into a ball-hawking secondary that Modern Day has. They just had Elias Ricks go pick six last week. Darian Green-Warren has gone pick six multiple times. Stephon Robbins and the great safety Alafazio Zion over there. They're all really good, quality guys. You got receivers. Be smart with the football. Protect it. Defensively for Pauly, you got to get at least a couple stops. You got to pressure JT, get him off his spot. Jermaine Lole, this is you. This is your game. If you're playing left or right defensive end, you have Miles Moreo or Tommy Brown. You got to beat one of those guys. You got to pressure JT. They got to need. They need to get two turnovers, yeah. right? Yeah, I think at I least think, two turnovers. I think they need to get at least two turnovers. Yep. Convert those to touchdowns. You, you can't kick field goals to beat Marday. You have to score touchdowns. You know, if you're Marday, you're confident. Yeah, no question. You, you can run the ball. You can throw the ball. You can stop people. Yep. You can turn them over. Yep. You don't really have a weakness in your game. You're well coached. You're disciplined. You're on a mission. You're ticked off because of what happened last year in the Anaheim Stadium. I, I, I got Marday winning. Yeah. But I'm hoping. I hope. I hope Polly makes it really competitive. I hope they're athlete for athlete. Polly's got just as many. Hopefully, those guys all step up on the big stage. Are you going to potentially be at this one? Potentially, I potentially may be at this one. I'm taking Modern Day as well, but I'm putting Modern Day on upset alert. Polly can beat Modern Day. Polly's got to play a near perfect game, but I think they can be. It's possible. Modern Day is on upset alert. Moving right along, we got Mission Viejo, yeah. Orange Lutheran, GB. So Mission almost was upset. Orange Lou did upset Shamanar last week. Can Orange Lutheran do it a second week in a row against Mission Viejo? Listen, Orange Lutheran just took out Chaminade. A wounded Chaminade, but took him out nonetheless. They've got a chance here. Akili Arnold has got to be the focal point if you are Orange Lutheran. You've got to find a way to slow this guy down. 
He's been 100-plus every week over the last few weeks. You got to double-team both those receivers. So if I'm them, I'm playing a two-high look. I'm pressing, and I'm sinking on the outside. I'm doubling the two receivers, Elijah Griffin and who's the other guy, GB? Austin Osborne. Austin Osborne. And I'm taking my chances in that box with Akili Arnold. Yeah. How about the OG Kyle Ford matchup this week? Yeah. Wow. I've been talking about that on my Facebook show. That's going to be fun. That's going to be awesome. And then you got Chris Mitchell on the other side against Logan Loya. Yeah. And I mentioned this when I was walking off the field after Mishmejo beat Pauly. And some of the old school poly guys were almost as impressed with Chris Mitchell. I said, dude, this guy was on our side. This guy was just doing some stuff. Yeah. Shoving oh, guys out of bounds, just yeah. an athlete. Oh, no, I've liked him for a really long time. Uh, Kelly Arnold, really good safety as well. He Absolutely. can run the ball, but he's a really good safety as well. And they got some some dudes up front. They're going to pressure the quarterback. Michigan has already beaten one Trinity League team this year. They beat Santa Margarita. Yeah. Orange Lou is, is uh, they're going to be extremely confident after beating Chaminade. So. That'll be good. I, I'm I got I'm leaning to our mission. Who you, you did you pick up make a prediction already? Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go with Orange Lutheran. Okay. I'm taking the upset. I think these are this might be a little Cinderella team right now. Man. I'm gonna take the Orange Lou Lancers, Orange Lou Lancers in an upset over Mission Viejo. It's at Orange Coast College. Watch out for the Lancers, man. Mission Viejo, you better watch out. Kyle Ford, Logan Loyal, Elijah Maharo, JoJo Hawkins. They got athletes. They got players. Ryan Helensky's a dog in the pocket. He'll stand in, take a hit, stare down a gun barrel, but throw a dart. And stare light you down up. a gun barrel. I like that. Light you up. Yeah. Lancer, JoJo's, Forrest, Hawkins, yeah. you need to play the game of your life. You need to make it very, very tough for Joey Allen. You got to lock up those receivers. They're big. right? Austin Osborne's a 6'2 kid. Elijah is athletic as they're going to be. JoJo Hawkins, JoJo Forrest. Need to really step up. Yeah, play the game of your life. You got a chance as well. I think I do think they have a chance. I'm going with uh, mission, but I think I would not be surprised at the upset. No doubt about it. Let's go down. Saint John Bosco. Saint John Bosco. Rancho Cook. Oh, a lot going on with Saint John Bosco. Greg Biggins. I'm getting text after DM as we speak right now about Saint John Bosco and one of their players. What is going on with the Bosco Braves? They're winning. They are winning. They're winning. But I'm hearing guys are hurt. Guys are complaining. Yeah. What's going on? You know what? My, it's like an NFL locker room. My thing is this. If I'm in that Bosco locker room, my attitude is my attitude is similar to what our boy DTR said about the guys who decommitted from UCLA a few weeks ago. The elite players are still in here. That's all we need. I hear you. Bosco has a great collection of wide receiver talent. DJ Wooey under the lay is protecting the football, making plays in that passing game. George Halani is still a difference maker. They still have that great physical defense. Rancho Cucamonga is going to counter with not one but two high-quality running backs, Sure, a quarterback who has been there, done that. Yeah, took him deep into the playoffs last Nick year. Nick Acosta, has, he knows what he's doing with the football. They have some good-looking receivers. Jeremiah Cradell has probably been their biggest difference maker at receiver. Yeah. I, I think him and Chris Steele would be a fun matchup. Absolutely. Two of the most physical. I wanna, I'm still going to call Jeremiah a DB. You know, he's playing mostly receiver. Those are probably two of the more physical DBs in the junior class. Yeah. 
Chris still loves that challenge. Cradell, he wants that challenge. That'll be fun. All kinds of, of defensive back talent for Rancho. Yeah, I mean, imagine. They got four, five, six DBs out there for Rancho. <laughs> yeah, you got, look, St. John Bosco safety. They got two four-star safeties. And Jaden Woodby and Stephen Blaylock going against, you know, Sean Dollars. That's going to be a great matchup. We know about Bosco's defense. Rancho Cucamonga's defense, not far behind them. Great athletes on both sides. This will be a fast and physical game. It's going to be about special teams and turnovers, I think, a little bit. More importantly, can anybody get to and get DJ Uyanalele on the ground? Modern Day was able to do it in the second half. Nobody's been able to do it since then. He's been lighting people up. He's 300-plus yards every game since he's been a starter. Can Rancho limit him and his big plays to his vast group of wide receivers who all get vertical down the field and impact the game some which way or form? It's going to be a good game. George Halani is a beast, though. I'm taking St. John Bosco here. GB? I want to segue off what your your last comment was because I forgot to mention last week I had him as my a top performer, but Roy Wiley had three sacks last week for Rancho. He has double digits on the season. Okay, shout out so, to you, Roy. For, so Roy Wiley, Josh Brooks, those are a couple guys that are both kind of hovered around that double digit sack mark. Those guys can do some things. The secondary for me is going to be the key to the game. Obviously, you you want to pressure. The heck out of DJ if you can. But the secondary, I would love to see Jeremiah play a little bit more in the secondary. And if I say a little bit more, I mean period. Mark Perry is a very good, good-looking young corner. Cameron Stevens offered recently by Nebraska. Those two guys are quality athletes. Aaron Bass is a quality athlete. Ben Constable is a quality athlete. I want to say Rancho probably has almost as many athletes as any team Bosco is going to play this year. Sean Dollars needs to go off. That He needs to go off this game. Yeah, but they, you know, most likely that's not going to happen. Greg. But he needs you know, to. You know Bosco's run defense. I think they're going to have to pass to set up the run. They gotta, you kind of got to finesse Bosco a little bit, get him running sideline to sideline, get the ball out quick, get that defense breathing a little bit, and then pop dollars, hit him on some screens, hit him on some shovels, hit him on some flares, some some flat routes, and then hand him the zone, maybe a little counter play. you got to set him up for success. You're not going to come in against Bosco. Talking about we're gonna run the football, ain't gonna happen. I want to see you come in and say, "Here's a line in the sand," <laughs> no, and say, happen. "Bosco, I'm Sean Dollars. I'm gonna take this line in the sand. I'm gonna run right through you all game." Yeah, but long. the problem I is, I want to see that. There's Naeem Rodman standing right there <laughs> in the sand. So is Sal Spina. So is Spencer Gilbert. Right? I'm only kidding. Rancher has no chance to do that. I like what you said though. Passed to set up the run. Devin yeah. Getchaway, another good-looking receiver for Rancho. Absolutely. But, Sean Dollars, you, you do need to step up, man. You need to have a big game. Let's go, Money Dollars. All right, and there's only one game left. Marietta Valley Centennial. Centennial. High-scoring affair, you think? Hank Bachmeyer's on fire. Over-under on this game, 100? Yeah. That 100. would be like 50-50. to 50. That's yeah. doable, right? I, think, I, th- I can see 70 to 40, Centennial's going to score. 50. Centennial will score almost every time they have no, the ball. No, they will score every time. They, they will not be stopped. Unless they turn the ball over. They will not be stopped. 
No way. Even if they fumble it, they'll recover it. I'm going to say they're going to score at least 60. Murata Valley. They'll score at least 40. Can they keep up? They can keep up for a half. I don't think they keep up for four quarters. I think they can keep up for a half. Don't be surprised if it's 35, 31, 35, 28 by halftime. But I think Centennial and their appetite for destruction, I think they outlast them. I'm seeing 63-42, something like that. No disrespect to Marietta Valley and our guy, uh, Hank Bachmeyer, Marquis Spiker. Love those two. They got players. Hank needs a nickname. We need to give Nick. We need to work, we'll work on that. But I keep wanting to say, hey, looking at his running ability, I'm calling Tank Bachmeyer. <laughs> <laughs> Tank Bachmeyer, baby. I don't, I don't know if a quarterback wants to be called Tank. Hey, listen, long, as long as you bring in W's, they do. I want. I want to say Hank the Bank, but that was Hank Gathers. Yeah, that one you can't. You do can't that. use that no, one, no, sir. But Hank's been money. Yeah. So if dang it, it wasn't for Hank Gathers already taking Hank the Bank. I'm calling Tank got Tank Bachmeyer, man. So we'll see if he likes that one. <laughs> we'll see if he likes that one. But it should be good. It should, should be, be good. good. Speaking of, of good, good we got a great interview with assistant head coach Pete Duffy right here, right now. Okay, we want to welcome in a special guest. We got our guy, Marietta Valley assistant head coach Pete Duffy on the line. Pete, how you doing? Good, man. Great to talk to you guys. We appreciate you coming on the show, joining the Transparent Truth. I got my guy Greg Biggins over here. We're going to shoot you some questions. Please give us, give the fans, give the listeners the Transparent Truth, Coach. <laughs> you got it. Hey, Coach Duff. So you're one of my favorite guys in the world. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> We've had some good times together in the past, haven't we? Um, more so you. Yeah. More so you yeah, probably than me. You've kind of got me in trouble a little, little bit before, but that's all right. Yeah, Miami maybe, but I'm not sure. I hey, can't. I I didn't, you didn't need to name locations. Sure. Wow. <laughs> South Beach. <laughs> Were we in South Beach? I think it was, but I can't confirm or deny. Okay. Michael Irvin maybe was oh, even in attendance. We did see the playmaker. Yeah, you've said a lot. Hey, so Coach, uh, longtime fan, you're a, a very fruitful offensive mind, and you put together an unbelievable offense at Murray to Valley the last couple of years. But I got to be honest, this past weekend you guys played a Santa Margarita team that Keith and I had seen several times, and I didn't give you guys much of a chance just because I just thought, shoot, this is a Trinity League bully team. They're going to, you know, you're going to put some points on the board, but I just didn't know. Man, you, you took it to them offensively. You put up more points than Modern Day and Bosco did. Talk about if you can. Let's, let's back up a little bit. Your game planning for this week. You, you know, you obviously know this Eagle program pretty well from all the film you've been watching. What did you see ahead of time that you felt you could take advantage of? Well, you know they're really they're really good up front, um, and and when they they come out and they play in a, pretty much a five man box, so that told me immediately that they feel good. They're going to be able to stop the run with their five guys and rally everyone else up, and they did a lot of that during the year, uh, and then the film didn't lie. They were really good up front. Um, and, uh, but in the back end, you know, not quite as, as, as talented as the front, as the front guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, 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 we had some matchups that we liked our, we, we have three pretty good little quick guys and, and Marcus, you know, Marquis Spiker, of course. And we just felt like if there was something we could exploit, it would be their back end. 
And you definitely did that. And just so people know, you're at practice right now. So if you want to bark at some guys, coach, I'm all I'm all for that. If you need okay. to, if you need to do something, if you need to call out a you know a play, you do your thing. I, I'm thankful for your time here. I got you. But Marquis Spiker had just an unbelievable. I want to say it was you know an incredible game for him, but it, you know. It almost was. You kind of almost expect that out of him, right? Well, I think he had, what, 13 catches for 284, four touchdowns. He broke the California record for touchdown receptions. If you can, put into perspective how good you think this kid is. Uh, well, after this game, I, I mean, because i got to include what he did on defense. And, and he had 18 tackles on defense, which I can't even believe, and return punts. But they didn't really punt very often. But, <laughs> I mean... He's, you know, it's just to to say he's unbelievable. I don't even know if it does enough. I mean, I, I, I've, as many good players as I've had, I can't. I've never had anybody impact the game like he has. Like he impacts the game because most teams come up with some sideways defense and try to just to stop him. And then what he does now that he's playing defense for us, it's unbelievable. He just impacts the game and changes the game. So let's talk about the game within the game. And, you know, we love talking schemes. Did they do anything specifically to try to take Spike out? Did they, did they double no. him? Did they roll a guy no. over? What, 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 was the, what was their game plan against him? Uh, their game plan was uh, they just going to play defense the way they always play defense. So pretty much straight up. Yeah, and actually, uh, I want to say on his, uh, on his touchdown reception, they actually played him straight up man with a guy that, poor kid, you know, just got put in a rough situation, and we audible to it. He just ran right by him, uh, put that young man in a bad spot. <laughs> so up front, you guys are—I don't know if people realize this—but you guys are really good. I mean, Andre texts me all the, after almost every game. I mean, you guys held some really good defensive linemen. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jeremiah Martin. I mean, these are two elite defensive ends. I don't think they even got a hurry against your offensive line. So you guys are tough up front. You know, kind of in hindsight, you kind of felt, you know, feel like maybe the Eagles thought they could maybe manhandle you guys up front a little bit because they were, you know, this big time Trinity League team and, and that was part of the game plan and they weren't able to pressure Hank at all. He had, you know, all day and when he, they did pressure him, Hank did a great job of, of what, buying time, running for, you know, 100 yards of offense and, and making some plays with his legs. Yeah, it was probably his best game decision-wise on when to run, when to kind of throw it away, and when to and when to kind of flip it down off of a scramble. And speaking about the offense and Andre Smith, I mean, just bar none, there's just not a better high school O-line guy. I just haven't seen it, and I don't care if it's – I've been to the Under Armour games and the Army All-American, and those good guys, but he's what he does with guys that aren't great players is ridiculous. Um, and then, you know, I can't speak to what they were thinking um, – you know, I can only imagine that definitely is in the back of their mind. It's, you know, their kids, it's got to play into it a little bit. But, you know, when you come out and kind of get, we go right down the field and score, I think they kind of put that away and they start playing. So last drive of the game, and I, I know right. you had a, you had plenty of time because you guys are moving the ball pretty easily. So you, you, you I, I, down in distance, you're going to correct me, but I believe you guys ran, was it second down you guys ran, did a running play? And then, yep. so you guys were lined up for a field goal on third down, correct? Right. Well, what happened is um, we we ran on um, on on second and three and a half or so. We ran zone, and 
running back didn't press the front side, otherwise he falls down and gets four or five yards for the first down. We still have the timeout in the hip pocket. I was so angry and wasted too much time yelling at him <laughs> that I had to call a timeout. Um, and then that just uh, made us think real quick, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to not get the first down, get another playoff, and then spike the ball. So we need to kick the field goal right then and there. So it's a 47-yarder. They call two timeouts. The second timeout they called, you guys actually kicked and missed, but they had already called the timeout. So you decide, was it, I mean, I'm assuming, was it your decision or George's? Who decided, you know what, we're going to run one yeah. more play, get a couple more yards. Was that, was that on you? Well, uh, we didn't look at it like that. I just made that call, and uh, you know, I had to put it on me because it's my decision to go for that instead of not, you know, running the run play and then get it or don't get it. And uh, you know, George lets me make those decisions just based on whether or not we think that I can get it. You know, we've worked together for 12 years, so um, I saw him miss the kick, and I said, uh, you know, we need a few more yards, and. Uh, we ran the play that we were going to run anyways, got the first down, then go ahead and just spike the ball and then kick it from a little bit closer and a little bit more in the middle and uh, worked out. It was genius is what it was. Luck, and then I'd say a little more luck than genius, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't believe in luck, Coach. But have you ever seen have you ever seen more laterals in a game than that final? I mean, they must have thrown the ball 35 times, it seemed like. I was waiting for you to run on the field and tackle somebody. I mean, those laterals are going forever. It, yeah, it was. Uh, they were really good at it. It looked like they had practiced that. We don't practice that for sure, but um, they just kept going backwards. So I felt okay, um, and they they got really tired. But there was a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of them, man. And luckily, one of them went forward. So I think they threw a flag. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's look ahead. So you got you guys got Centennial. They're yeah. pretty good at football. They're not bad offensively at all. No. no disrespect, but your defense has been at times, uh, what's the nicest word, struggling to stop some okay. teams. As the OC, okay. does that put extra pressure on you? I mean, you got to feel like you better score and not just score field goals. You guys need to score touchdowns to keep pace with the Centennial Huskies this week. Am I correct in that assessment? Uh, you mean, if past history is a good indicator of the future, you mean you're talking about like, 70-63 over Oaks, 63-55 over Norco, those type of games. We need, one of, we need one of those games, right? we got to get one of those games. I think we just had one. <laughs> we, need to, we need you to score 70 to win this one, well, Coach Duff. Uh, can we do it? We can do it, but I don't know. You know, uh, They're much better defensively than uh, some of the other teams that I've mentioned. Uh, they're, they're, they're really good. Um, you know, I, I can't say, you know, what we're going to do, but in terms of the question, the pressure, nah, maybe three years ago when it started, but not now. It's kind of fun, you know, just, hey, man, we got to score every time we get the ball. That's just how it is. Yeah. We kind of, we actually kind of revel in it, you know. Our offense is really, the kids like it. Greatest show on grass right now. I mean, you guys in Centennial, you can make a case, you know, it's easily two of the, the top ten offenses in the country, but... Hey, hey, Duff, I'm not asking you to give me the answers to the test. This show is going to air on Friday, so give me, give me one thing. When you watch the Centennial defense, you're not going to give any bulletin board material because the show's coming out too late. Give me okay. one thing that you think you could see. You watch their defense, you watch the film. What is one thing you think you can take advantage of potentially? Because <clears throat> I'll tell you what, Coach. 
I'm a huge Matt Logan guy. I'm a huge fan of Centennial. But I've seen a couple times this past week against Sarah and also early against Norco, I saw receivers getting open against their secondary. If their password doesn't, doesn't get to you, I don't know if they have you know, a, a bunch of guys that necessarily lock down receivers. You've got three or four, including one monster out there. Can you get guys open? Yeah, I, I mean, if I had to point to something, you know, for sure it's how do you cover number nine? And if you, if you try to cover them with one person, it's going to be an issue. If you do it with two, you know, number three and number five are really good too. So that's, that's the one thing I think we could have on them. You know, of course, it's a big if. If we can protect uh, those three guys, uh, are playing pretty well right now, and the QB is not bad. And the QB, yeah, if you can, and I know we got to let you go, but uh, talk about Hank for just a second. Only you know, only a junior. You another got another year next year. Break him down. Strengths. What does he need to work on, and what do you love about him? Well, I love first and foremost his toughness. That's mental and physical. So I'm not a, a real hugger. I'm a yeller, and he's been yelled at a lot, and he takes it really well. And his physical toughness, he gets, he doesn't slide much. And he's just, you know, injuries, nicked up, practices all the time. He's just a tough kid all the way around. And then he can make all the throws. And then as awkward as he looks running, it's kind of a weird effectiveness to him that I can't really explain. So he's got an it factor to go along with those other things. And historically, I want you to tell me, put you on the spot, Marquis Spiker, you, you've had some dudes. You've have, you have maybe the, the best offensive lineman in the NFL right now. Where would you put Spike in terms of the guys that you had at the high school level? Would he be right. maybe one or two? Oh, no doubt. No, after this last one, you know, it's funny. My, after the game, uh, my son asked me the same question. And I started to say Tyron just because literally Tyron completely dominated every single play of every single rep. But <laughs> AJ brought up a good point. Like he didn't have a, an effect on the outcome the way Marcus does. And so even though, you know, Quincy and Nunwa and String and Ronald Powell and all, all those guys, it, man, Spiker's just, he'd be number one. He's just, he, he affects it in, in a number of different ways, defensively, offensively, special teams. You know, we came out and he ran off the kickoff back second half against Vista Marietta, and it just blew the game open. I mean, it's just it's timely, unbelievable plays over a three-year career that I, I, I have to put him at number one right now. That's huge. That's big time. Yeah. And you think, yeah. he's, you think he can play next? He's going to Washington. You think he can play next year as a true freshman? Is that good? I think he's going to start. He's going to start. Have some unbelievable guys. Like, I'm, you know, he's when you you know when you meet him or you see him or you know him, he's a he's just kind of a very happy-go-lucky, goofy little kid. <laughs> Man, when the whistle blows, like I don't even know who he is. Like, did you see the interception he got? Like, I've never seen anything like it. He was he was in the middle of the field when the ball was thrown on the left sideline, and not only did he get there and make a diving catch, how did he know the ball was going to go through the other guy's hands? It was unbelievable. That's the best play of the game. Yeah. Uh, and and he just, when the lights go on, I've never had a guy go from mild-mannered Clark Kent to Superman like this dude does. 
Uh, hopefully yeah. he, he's got a couple more left in him, Coach. I hope so. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's competitive, man. I'm going to tell you what, you know, what the score or whatever, but he's going to play, you know, all 48. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Duff, thanks for joining us, man. I know you got no, I know you got so much to do right now and uh we kind of dragged you up the football field so um but dude thanks man I appreciate you appreciate your friendship appreciate you know everything and good luck this Friday right it's going to be a lot of fun Centennial you guys got this Yeah, yeah might happen might happen but uh, you guys do a great job man I love love the little gig and uh appreciate it Thanks brother appreciate you coach okay. Got you thanks Keith. All righty okay. that is assistant head coach at Marietta Valley Pete Duffy, former Rancho Verde head coach, coming off of a huge upset win over visiting Santa Margarita last week. Looking forward to their game this Friday versus the Centennial Huskies. And uh, so there you have it, man. We got Marietta Valley Centennial. It's going to be high scoring. It's going to be high flying. It should be a ton of fun. GB, what do you think? Ton of fun, man. Me and me and Coach Duffy have had a ton of fun on the road in the past. Yeah, I want to know about that. I'm on our keep ride it, home I'm just going to keep it rated G. Yeah, yeah. Please, that, do that. that's what my I am. My wife listens to that's the show. That's what I am. But uh, no, thanks, Coach Duff. Yeah, that was fun and uh, good show, man. Yeah, a lot, good lot show. of fun, man. Wrap hey, uh, make sure you follow us on social media. Make sure you check out my Facebook live show Thursday night called Holy Trinity. We're going to be breaking down these one-on-one matchups: Chris Steele, Jeremiah Cradell, Sean Dollars, Spencer Gilbert. You just, you just repeat all the stuff that we just talked about on the Thursday show. You just take, no, take what no, I tell no, no. you, we, take no. what I say. And you, no, and no, then we kind of we, we, we dive in. We dive it. in. We look at the individual matchups, man. <laughs> the game within the game. The game within the game. You're talking, you know, Isaiah Young, Marquis Spiker this week. I okay. like, I like how that sounds. Um, I love Sean Dollars versus that linebacker court at at St. John Bosco. Kyle Ford. Uh, talking about Elijah Griffin, hmm. that's going to be amazing. Amazing, and then you know, hey, modern day, how much? Brew McCoy, Tyreek LaBeouf, big time matchup, right? How about Ashari Croswell um, going against the inside receivers over there? C.J. Park, Nico Remigio, Mike Martinez, right? Des Tally, Amon Rossane Brown. It's going to be some big-time matchups, man. Big-time. It's going to be some big-time matchups. You bet not single cover Amon Ross St. Brown, Long Beach Poly, and uh, Centennial. Please do not single cover Marquis Spiker. That's all I got for you. We appreciate you for taking a ride with us. Transparent Truth, the number one high school football podcast in America. Coach Keith, your man Greg Biggins. Tune in next week as we bring it all back, break it all down again. This is the Friday Matchup Show. We'll see you then. There's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> And his name is Richie Heavens. Yeah. Y'all be cool. Woo! Yeah!